Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back and better than ever. Greeny, we roll along here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We've spent... Most of our first hour talking about the demise of the Phillies, the role that Hembo and Cam played in it, baseball's postseason system and whether it is flawed. I'm sure we've made a lot of people aggravated with it, so I want to move on to a bunch of other things. There's a ton of stuff that we have in the hopper today. And first, this is going to be brief, but I really did find it fascinating. The scoop. The scoop about Chase Claypool is that he is cursed. Cam, was it you or was it Bubba or who was it that found this? I just found this in my in the rundown today and I love it. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter and I, I just had to get it in because it is remarkable, the uh, trends that are taking place here. Over the last year, in the last 15 games that he has been a part of, Chase Claypool, over the course of multiple different teams, here is what has happened. The Bears had Chase Claypool. They traded him. They, were t- they are 2-1 and one since they traded him. They were 0-13 with him. The Dolphins, who acquired him, were 5-1 and one before activating him. They are 0-1 since activating him. Last year, the Steelers were 2-6 and six with him. They are 11-4 since trading him. So Chase Claypool has won two games in the last two seasons— And in the last calendar year, teams that he is playing for have a record of 0-15. Chase Claypool is the ultimate jinx. And speaking of cursing the gods, he famously tweeted on November 1st of 2020, losing? Never heard of her. This is coming off of a win in Baltimore when he was with Pittsburgh at the time. Yep. And so, obviously, this precipitated what has now become an unprecedented... What's the deal with that guy? Like, I've never met Chase Claypool. He's so talented. Like, you look at him, he's so big and physical and fast, and he seems to have everything that one would expect you need to be a really good player, and yet it is obvious that he is not, and, and, and people cannot get rid of him fast enough. So, I mean, the answer has to be in there somewhere, but I, don't, I, I need to do a deep dive into this because... Like, I keep saying, man, that guy just looks like he should be such a good player, and obviously he's just not. Yeah, I mean, if, if the Steelers can't maximize you as a wide receiver, Correct. then something is wrong with you. I mean, and they used a really, really high draft pick on him, right? He was a, he was a 49th overall pick in 2020. The Steelers, and then the Bears traded a, the equivalent of a first-round pick to get him from how him. good <laughs> How good is Mike Tomlin? <laughs> That's how good Mike Tomlin is. <laughs> Mike Tomlin, they are Tomlining their way. By the way, I, I brought that up on Get Up this morning. We, we were doing like observations, whatever it is that we think is the headline of the NFL season to this point. And I said, however great a coach we think Mike Tomlin is, we undersell it. That team's awful. I, I, you watch the Steelers play. I don't know how they win any games. They're 4-2. and two. I am making Tomlin a verb. They are Tomlining their way to four and two. Yeah, they've been outgained by six hundred some yards this season. <laughs> it's unheard of. Like you look at every meaningful stat, they stink at it. Like they're a team because of him that just basically breaks my brain. 
I, I, it's hard for me to even acknowledge that they're good. But so long as that's their coach, they're going to be. They're going to at least be average. Yeah. And if you give them an average team, they're going to be really good. But right, I have a problem. I'm just going to mention what it is right now. So this is the time of year, or it is a time of year where sometimes my allergies can get to me, and they're clearly getting to me right now. And what happens is the inside of my nose itches. I've got itchiness in the inside of my nose. And I'm on television right now. We're primarily on the radio, but we have TV cameras aimed at us, and you can watch our show on the ESPN app. And what I really want to do is scratch the inside of my nose. But I'm terrified to do it and get caught on camera doing it because that is a meme that will live until the end of time. Don't be ridiculous. You can you have enough clout here, enough power to tell our director to take camera two or take the Bristol cam just for a moment for you to do this. And scratch the inside and of scra- my nose. Yes, because like there's a whole Seinfeld episode about that, as you know, that he gets caught. As I know. He, well, uh, Bubba knows he gets he gets caught at a light, and there's a debate over whether it was a scratch or a pick. I see. And I got a little bit of a need to scratch here, and it's just b- driving me nuts. So you don't need to pick? No, I need to scratch. I, it is itchy in there. I have. It, it, do you mm. have allergies? Occasionally. Anyone who has allergies, you know, my eyes are a little itchy, and the inside of my nose is very is that, itchy. Is it just dryness? No, I, I think it is the season. I, I don't know. The weather is so crazy. Who the hell knows? I mean, I, I used to know what my allergies were a result of now— I mean, the weather is just ridiculous. Um, who knows what in the world I'm reacting to, but whatever it is, I'm itching. You know, last night's game was so... I'm just going to make this about the Phillies since you gave me one chance. What, what's the most disappointing loss you think you've experienced in the playoffs as a fan? Because we've now had so many recent ones. I think, to me, the one that I'll always like remember the most is when the Eagles should have absolutely beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2002, which would have closed down the vet with a victory. That was our Super Bowl to win. I'll always believe that, and it happened. But the feeling I had, Cam, yesterday was like kind of similar. Like we have our share of just absolutely awful losses. And I think this is this might this one might be like on the on the Mount Rushmore of this. Like it's one thing, like I said, to lose to 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 to, to Houston or to lose to Kansas City or to lose to the Boston Celtics. But when you lose to a team that you know you should win, when the public knows you should beat, there was something about last night that was such a gut punch. I think it might have been the worst loss. It might have been the worst loss in my Phillies fandom. Honestly. It's in my top three. Here, here's how bad things are. Nuno offered me a hug this morning. <laughs> Anyone who knows Nuno knows that is remarkable. He's a man with no sympathy whatsoever. I don't think he knows the meaning of the word. And he felt so bad for me that he offered me a hug, which I rejected. I had Christine Lisi giving me cookies for breakfast. So uh, people are being very nice, but it's not, it's not helping too much. What's your worst loss? Well, I want to hear what the two worst ones were for you. Cam, you said that it was in your top three, or in this case, bottom three. Yeah, I would say the 2011 NLDS is pretty bad. The Ryan Howard uh, Achilles tear and yeah. the the 11-year playoff drought didn't help that. I wasn't really uh, a Philly fan or too old at the time of the 2 loss. The 8 championship to the Cardinals was pretty bad. And honestly, the Celtics loss last year was bad because the Sixers always lose to the Celtics. But like Hembo said, every single other one of those Philly losses that we named, you could say, okay, maybe they lost to the better team. They blew it, but they might have lost to the better team. That's not the case this time. Bubba, was your worst one the Des Bryant game? Oh, I mean, I don't know how much time do you have. We have we have Romo, the, the drop in the ball. We have Des Bryant. We have the last two Cowboys ones. We have Carlos. Oh, my God, yes. Not getting we the have snap off two years ago. Carlos Beltran striking out. Out. I mean, there's the the Mets game last year that I was at where they got one hit at home with Musgrave to end uh, the Mets season. So I mean, 
that's like five right there. I can think of off the top of my head, and I'm sure there's the ear game. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I can't even. I don't know. That's five. I think right there. That's a lot. Um, I actually think this is the bad. worst. I think it's the worst round to lose in is the Final Four because like there's something about reaching the Super Bowl or the World Series where it feels like like your season is still a success. Like there's no team for which like losing the championship for the fans at least can't be considered at least something of a success. But like this was our championship to win, and we didn't even have a chance. That's what that's what makes this stink to me because it's the it's not even it's not even the World Series, and it was to an inferior opponent, and it was at home. So so my experiences as a Jet fan, the Jets are obviously the team I care about the most. So it's got to be one of them. They've made the the AFC Championship game four times in my lifetime. I'd have to pick amongst them, which I think was the most disappointing. Before I do, I'll say this to 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 your point. I don't know because they've never made the Super Bowl in my lifetime, so I don't know what that would be like. But I remember what bothered me the most each time about them losing in the AFC Championship game is that it ends and the season goes on. So, like, the most fun, especially with football, baseball they play every day. But football, I remember, I literally remember getting into bed with all the newspapers and just lying there reading all the stories about the Jets. Because when your team is in the playoffs, there's like nine stories. This is back when newspapers were newspapers. And there were like be like nine different feature stories and all this. And it was just so exciting and so interesting to be a part of. And every minute of every day for a week at a time, you get to think about it and look forward to it. Then the game itself is agony to sit through. But you get that week. And then when it ends, and you know that there could have been two more weeks of it, that what that it bothered me more than losing that 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 like the enjoyment that I got from the the act itself from them continuing mm. bothered me so much. So that's why I think them losing the Super Bowl would be easier to take because it was going to end anyway. Right? You know what I mean? Like there wasn't going to be another game. Now that said, the Jets four AFC Championship games. The first one is the AJ Dewey game. That was horrific when Don Shula watered down the field in Miami and 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 Dewey intercepted Todd all those times, and, and the Jets wound up losing. Um, the next one was the Parcells team. They went to Denver. The year Denver was by far the best team in the NFL, and they had, a, they had them dead to rights. They had them beat at halftime, and then we didn't feel the kickoff, and we did nothing in the second half. And then you had the two Rex teams, right? I'm not forgetting one, am I? That's no, it. It's those four. those four. They had the two Rex teams. The first one, they really – the first team really probably didn't belong there in the first place. Like, that was an upstart – team that lost to Peyton Manning and the Colts, who were just definitively a better team. I think the one at Pittsburgh was much more disappointing because that's a game I think the Jets should have won. That was when they beat the Patriots in New England, and and then, you know, they, they just started off so slow against Pittsburgh and almost came all the way back, and then Roethlisberger picked up a clutch third and long, like third and eight or nine or something like that to end the game. I can still see Rex slamming the headphones down I, I think because of the age that I was, the one that actually made me the most upset was the first one because I was, that would have been January of 83, right? It was the 82 season. It was the strike shortened season. Actually, you know, I got to pick another game, even though it was, it was the very, the first playoff game I ever saw the Jets play was the, the a wild card game in, in the, at the end of the 81 season. It was, it was December 27th, 1981. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. And they playing Buffalo. And it was the first time they had made... It was a home game. We were there, my dad and I. And it was the first time they had made the playoffs in my lifetime. And we received the opening kickoff, fumbled, and they scored a touchdown. We were nine seconds into the game. We had received the kickoff, and we were losing 7 nothing, And we were getting killed. 
I want to say the score was 31-13, and we started coming back. Wesley Walker caught a touchdown. We made it 31-27, and we had the ball deep in their territory with a chance to win it, and Todd threw an interception in the end zone at the very end, and we lost 31-27. And I think that I actually think that is the most upset I've ever been about a game in my life. And out of curiosity, does how does week one this year with Rodgers going down? In High. It's very hot. And they there, right? won that game. That's what's crazy. The, 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 the winning that game was such an afterthought. I mean, D. Wood and I were sitting there, like, trying to be happy. And I, and I was happy they won, of course. But, no, that's got to be high. I mean, look, when you're 56 years old, th- things just don't feel the same as they did when you were, you know, whatever I was. In, 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 in December of 81, I was 14. Um, so it probably bothered me more then. This was right up there, though, because of all the buildup, all the excitement. This has got to be up there. I mean, the the, the Aaron thing, because it was so different. But th- th- that happened to the Jets in 99 also when Testaverde got hurt. The Jets had the best team in the league that year. And Testaverde also an Achilles, untouched. I mean, Rodgers wasn't untouched, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, devastating defeats. I didn't get to the things I wanted to get to here. But because I was afraid of scratching my nose on the air, Hembo just hijacked the segment. You just took it someplace I, I did not plan to take it. it. You know I had this other stuff that I wanted to get to here, um, and I'm going to. I'm going to get to one of the people, one of the last people in the world that I would think would say something that I, I steadfastly agree with and support said it on Twitter yesterday, and he is actually a person who is capable of doing something about it. So I'm going to get to that in a minute, and we're going to get to this. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Every day, Hembo with a trivia question. Let's do it. So we mentioned the Arizona Diamondbacks had a negative run differential this season. That got me thinking. What was the only team with a negative scoring margin that reached the Super Bowl? The only team that was outscored during its regular season that went on to reach the Super Bowl. Reach. Reach. You didn't say win. I didn't say win. So only one team that was outscored during the season even made the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We'll take our guesses at which one it was next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched 
with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. I love this song. This is a little Tay-Tay for you here. Uh, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, we got a lot of sadness, and we're playing sad songs from the Philly fans. But let's uh, scoop it up a little bit here. You got the Diamondbacks who make the World Series despite having a negative run differential. And so Hembo's question today is... The only team that ever reached the Super Bowl that was outscored during that regular season. The only team ever to reach the Super Bowl... That was outscored during the regular season. It's a great question. I was doing a little business during the break, so I'm going to take a moment to keep thinking about it. I promise I will not steal an answer. Bubba, what do you have? Um, I'm going to go, you know, at first I was going to say the 06 Bears. but you know, I, I, They had a very good record. Yeah, I, I'm going to go 85 Bears. No, no, wait a minute. That the 85 Bears were outscored over the course of the season? I don't think we can allow him to do that. That can't be That's a serious one of the greatest, answer. You must be misunderstanding the question. one of the, the greatest question. teams of all time. They were 15-1 and one that year, Bubba. It would be, they would have to have lost that one game by 400 points to oh, have been yeah, outscored. I was, I was confused by the question. I don't think you understand the question. Is it possible the question again. that you didn't actually listen to the question, that you were busy doing something else while he was asking the he question. He was sending an email. They yeah. had a negative point differential over the course of the season, Bubba. <laughs> they picked a, a football team, team allowed more points than they scored over the course of the year. He picked the best team of yeah, all time. I never time. really uh, paid attention to the question. I so just, outside I, of the 72 Dolphins, yeah. you could not have picked a less likely team. Parenthetically, for, the, the 85 Bears have the best point differential of all time. Oh, the, my God. The 85 <laughs> Bears were the best team I ever saw. They could have punted on first down every time they got the ball and still got eight and eight. So I think Bubba was not listening to the he question. Just, yeah, he just took a random guess. Right? Is it possible, Bubba, team. you were not listening to the question and you thought, oh, it's a Super Bowl question. I'll say the 85 I Bears. Mean, I, I loosely understood what the question was. It was something about team. And I, th- I was just thinking something with a defense and I didn't really understand what was going on. So I was mm. like, oh, the Bears. The question is, yeah. <laughs> which is the only team to ever make the Super Bowl. Got it, yeah. Despite having allowed more points than it scored. Got it. Well, Cam can go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go with the 07 Pat screening. <laughs> uh, no, I got my guess. They is- went 16 and 0 during the regular year, and right. yet in a very in a stunning development. <laughs> you so you don't want them, right? I, I see. I see what's happening now. I, I understand. Oh my god! I, I follow. I follow the situation now. I got a guess, and I think you guys are going to steal it, but I'm going to give it anyway. The 2008 Arizona Cardinals. Not bad. It's not bad. I, I, my, my gut feeling is that this goes back a lot farther than that. That's just a gut feeling that I have. Um, I could be totally wrong. I wa- wh- why are you laughing like that? I, I feel like you're smiling. I, 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 because Bubba doesn't even seem to understand the game. I, I think. Oh, I, I understand now. I want to say. Uh, 
I mean, the, what, what, go ahead, Brandon. The 94 Chargers. Ooh, good one. Stan Humphreys. Yeah, that's not bad. They were terrible. I was actually at that Super Bowl. It was the least competitive sporting event I've ever witnessed in my entire life. That was the Steve Young monkey off the back game. Uh, remind me of your lead. You had a re- very clever lead in your story. No, that wasn't that game. That, that was when the 49ers beat the, the Broncos. I want to say the final score of that game was like 55 to 7 or something like that. And that was the first time I ever that was the first time I ever covered a Super Bowl and I said the Denver Broncos uh, won the opening coin toss of the Super Bowl and should have elected to go home because That's from that moment forward yeah. they were just obliterated. It could have been actually now that I think about it one of those Broncos teams, one of those okay, you've sold me. I'm going to take the Elway team that won his first Super Bowl when they had no business being there. They were an upstart. They were an underdog, and they weren't expected to get there, and they made it to the Super Bowl. There's no way that's right, but what the hell? I have no idea. The 86 so team? Wait, which, which Broncos team? The, the Bronco team that wound up beating his first year. Oh, beating Green Bay. That beat Green Bay. Okay. The second year, they were the best team in football. That was the year they beat the Jets. But I want to say that was, an, that was a big upset. I don't think that the Broncos were expected. Not 86, 96 this would have been. But now, wait, wait, now wait. that he, yeah, that's you're you're talking about ninety eight, I think, or okay. ninety six. Oh, you don't even understand the question. What the is the team wrong that with beat you? Green Bay? Listen, we're, we're doing a trivia thing here. This shouldn't be this hard. Yeah, do you even just, understand? What's just going think about on? the worst teams that have gotten to the Super Bowl. Greeny, that, I'm going two thousand seven Giants. Final answer. Okay, go ahead. I don't even. What is the answer? The correct answer is the twenty eleven Giants. Oh my God! Ah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Come on. Bubba, no one gets this. Bubba, honestly, what did you think the question was? <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly meant to say. That. You meant to say what? You said the eighty-five Bears. No, well, that so, was so when, when you I, said no. eighty-five Bears. What did you think you were answering? That was when I didn't understand what was going on. I, I get that. Then so when what I did under- you think was going? Then on? when I understood what was going on, I confused the years. <laughs> Well, he still doesn't get it. By the way, before we move off of this god-awful segment, the 2008 Cardinals scored 427 points and allowed 426. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, you were one point away. That's amazing. Cam, that's well played. It's a good miss. That said, what are our total scores now? I think everyone should be banned from doing the segment from now on. I but, agree. Uh, That's a death penalty kind of showing. All right. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I am 8 and 15. Bubba's 6 and 17. Greeny is 5 and 18. Brandon's 0 and 3. Mark Cuban and Dominique Foxworth are 0 and 1. This right. is bad. That's where the standings are. Okay, let's move on to other things because um, that was just awful. So there's nothing that we could do that could be worse than that was. Sneaky big news. And in fact, this is going to be good. Jim Irsay is a person with whom I very seldom agree, um, but in this case, I think he has it exactly right. The owner of the Indianapolis Colts, whose team was just robbed on Sunday. I mean, unimaginably <laughs> robbed in their game against, uh, who they play? Cleveland on Sunday. Went on Twitter yesterday, as one does when they're him, and he started by tweeting out um, information on Anthony Richardson's surgery and that he's doing well and that that should be good so that was fine and then he tweeted the nfl admits and understands that they did not make the correct calls at the end of sunday's colts browns game i believe we need to institute instant replay for all calls including penalties in the last two minutes of all games now i've been saying that for years but they don't care what i think 
on Park Avenue. But this is Jim Irsay. He has owned this team all of his life, and he can actually do something about it. So I don't, for the life of me, understand why anything is not reviewable. Instant replay has become exactly what it shouldn't be. Instant replay has now become something that we use to try and correct microscopic little mistakes. And we have systems in place that every now and again, it cannot correct huge mistakes. When in reality, all instant replay ever should have been was something to correct huge mistakes. I've told you a million times. They should just institute the second look rule. If you look at the video one time and you say, I need to see it again, the call stands. Instant replay should only be overturning massively blown calls. And all of them. So if any human being looking at that tape of that pass that was thrown into the end zone at the end of that game against Cleveland did not decide that ball was uncatchable, I need them to tell me who could have caught it. Because unless you're Superman and thus can levitate up into the air, no human being alive could have caught that ball. Victor Wimbanyama, standing on Yao Ming's shoulders, (laughs) could not have caught that ball. I believe the ball was thrown away. I think P.J. Walker, who was quarterbacking the the, uh, Browns at the time, could not take a sack in that situation, so I think he was throwing it out of the end zone. And they threw a flag. If that isn't the definition of uncatchable, I don't know what it is. I'm sitting on my couch waving my hand over my head like an idiot because that ball was so uncatchable and the call didn't get overturned. So I don't see for the life of me why anything is not reviewable and you should only change the outcome when it is obviously blown. The the, the NFC Championship game that year where Drew Brees and and Sean and all of them in New Orleans got royally screwed on that terrible no-call of pass interference against the Rams, that would not have required a second look. But it wasn't reviewable, so they couldn't change it. So history will forever show that Sean Payton only won one Super Bowl and Drew Brees only won one Super Bowl and all the rest of that because of something that would have been so easy to correct. You could have done it in 10 seconds. And instead, we spend four minutes half the time trying to look at something because it's a quarter of an inch difference. If it's that close, leave it and address these major issues regardless of what they are. Agree or disagree? Uh, Disagree. Um, Oh, get out of here. And I'll tell you why. I think the... How can you disagree with that? I disagree with that because I am all for reducing the amount of officiating that we have in football. Okay. Like if you have, let's, let's say we're fortunate or unfortunate enough someday to have aliens come from outer space and descend upon our planet and watch a football game for the first time, what they would assume is that these 55-year-old computer repairmen wearing stripes are the most important people in the game. Right. I am all for having as little officiating in pro football as possible. Now, that does not mean that the sort of ethos of your theory here or message or, or proposal is not coming from the right place, because it is. We should try and get as much stuff right as possible. Oh, your argument is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You well, want less am I, officiating? Am I allowed to finish it or not? No. I, or, I hate it already. <laughs> what you're telling me is that the, your definition of having less officiating is having bad calls stand? No. My idea of officiating is let's get less of it. If at all possible, can I see these guys less? 
Can we review less stuff? Can they be less involved in the game? Look, I would love if the officials were better. They're not that good. But so long as human beings are doing that job, then we're going to have to live with some of this stuff. The idea that every single thing like this should be reviewable is going to make these games endless. And I think the unintended consequence would not be worth the one call per game that might wind up being corrected. Okay, so let me address all the many ways in which you are wrong. First of all, my close personal friend Jim Ursay mm. said in the last two minutes of all games. Okay. Second of all, my, my one look rule... Uh, or second look rule, however you want to define it, would take the length of these replays and cut them from whatever they are to 15 seconds at a time. Third, and perhaps most importantly, what we have now is the worst of all possible worlds, which is to say we, for some reason, for some unknown reason, discriminate about which mistakes can and which mistakes cannot be overturned. The last thing in the world we want is for the outcome of these games to be determined by the aforementioned human error. In baseball, I could live with your argument for the following reason. I had this conversation with Joe Torrey once. I ran into Joe. This is when he was the, whatever that job is called, the rules czar for Major League Baseball, whatever it was, when he was the person in charge of this stuff. And I ran into him, I forget where we were, but I ran into him someplace like in a hotel lobby and we're sitting and we're just making, you know, small, small talk. And I said to him, Joe, why are you against instant replay? And he said to me, this is why. Because we play 162 games. And over the course of our 162 games, you're going to have 10 bad calls go your way and 10 bad calls go the other way. And it's all going to even itself out in the end. And it is not worth what it would require to do it. And I said, that makes sense. I accept that. Football is not like that. That one missed call could cost the Colts the playoffs. There aren't enough games and enough opportunities for that mistake to come back around and be made to their benefit. Now, it doesn't mean it can't, but I think the margin for error, by definition, because you are playing one-tenth the number of games, is so much smaller that... We have to do everything we can. If you said to me, we are not going to have instant replay in Major League Baseball during the regular season and just institute it for the playoffs, I'd be fine with that. Fine with it. Because in the playoffs, every call is that much more important. And that's how I feel about it in football. Okay, it's, it's all fair. And I would like them to get as much stuff right as possible. But the worst thing that we have in sports is in the last two minutes of a basketball game when you're showing granular footage, whether or not it was off this person's finger or that person's finger, and right. it takes six minutes and it ruins the flow. This is an entertainment product. All right, Sports are meant to be enjoyed, and they serve no other purpose. I would like to live in a world in which we can get the officiating thing as right as possible. I think, however, for the, one, like the, for the once a week call like this that we might miss, we more than make up for in the, in the expediency of the game and the, entertainment, the entertaining nature of the product. Now, look, maybe I'd feel differently if this had been the Eagles and we had lost the game because of it. Like, I'm not emotionally attached to this thing. Even so, I don't think, I don't think the trade-off is worth it based upon the fact that we'd be stopping more games and officiating would become naturally a larger part of the game. Yeah, I mean, I would push back on the fact that you're just saying it just for entertainment. I mean, that's part of what sports are, but the other part is it's there are people competing out there. It's people's livelihoods. People are winning. People are losing. People are getting higher paychecks, larger paychecks. There are people being released. People are being cut, traded. Things are happening as a result of what happens on the field and based on calls that are happening from the refs. Like, literally, lives are changing based on what happens 
on the field. And if calls are right or wrong, that could impact a person's life and their family lives for generations. It's right. And, and even if that is slightly dramatic, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but his, his general thesis is right for a couple of reasons. It's more than just entertainment is my point. The example you're giving Entertainment Hembo, is movies. Is, is you, I, I feel like you're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm, I'm hearing If you need to look at granular footage of whose finger it went off, you have already violated my second look rule. It is either an obviously blown call or it is not. If it is that close, we let the call stand. That's A. B, to Bubba's point, uh, what was the name of the kid who threw the perfect game but it wasn't? Armando Galarraga. How long would it have taken for that call to have been overturned? Eight seconds. That kid for the rest of his life would have, how many, how many perfect games have there been thrown in Major League Baseball's history? Less than 30. Th- there would have been one more. Mm-hmm. And he would for the rest of his life have had one. And we have replay now. And, and that could have been corrected in eight seconds. Let me give you another example. And I brought it up a minute ago. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, all those people. How about all the guys on the Saints who weren't on that team that won the first Super Bowl, who would be Super Bowl champions today? They got robbed. I mean, they just had it taken from them. Mm-hmm. It was so bad that the NFL actually did institute instant replay for everything the following year and then realized we got to get rid of this because it's too much. No one is suggesting that you should let the coaches challenge every single thing that happens. But coaches' challenges, A, limit the number of times this can happen, and B, we are unnecessarily limiting what they can challenge. The bottom line of it is, if something has been egregiously missed, we should have the right to correct it, the ability to correct it. And it could be done efficiently if we only didn't do it for every little tiny thing. Uh, I, your sentiment is a good one. It really is. Because like, I'm with you in terms of like the like, egregious asterisk thing there. But like, that's not how it would ever be. That's not what this has become. You have to totally rewrite how you do the job. You have to totally rewrite the process. And the NFL is not going to do that. Like if you just, if you and I were to start from scratch and decide the role that officials would have in games and the way that you can challenge stuff, sure, I'm with you. But with how the game is officiated now, what you're proposing is totally unrealistic because it's not at all, like the officiating is like a, a, a huge business. It's an industry. People, people are employed by these networks just to talk about that. Yeah. We can't. We can't have it both ways then. We won't be able to have that be its thing, which the NFL clearly wants, and for us to also have some discernment here in terms of, like, let's correct the egregious error. Like, it would just be, what you'd be doing is piling on to the ridiculous amount of officiating that we just already have. No, not if we do it my way. Uh, once again, you look at this and ask why. Mm-hmm. I look at what it could be and ask why not. Coming up next, the anniversary of one of the truly memorable moments in the history of sports, no matter how you look at it, When you hear it, you are in awe, and you will next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. 
Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. All right, once again, all this sad music from our Phillies fans today. Cam is down. Hembo is down. But, you know, I'm like even Steven in the Seinfeld episode. Like, I have two friends. One of them is named Hembo. He is down. I have my friend Bubba. He is up. The Met fan is delighted at the demise of the Phillies. There we go. So, as you see, everything evens out for me. That's the way these things work. So, anyway, I mentioned that it was the anniversary of one of the truly legendary moments in sports history, and it is. And depending on your rooting interest, it is the anniversary of either one of the greatest plays or one of the worst plays of all time. But if there's one thing upon which we can all agree, that you are in awe when you listen to it called, it was on this day in 1986, the legendary Bill Buckner error that ended Game 6 of the 86 World Series, one of the most famous and dramatic World Series ever. And again, if you are a Red Sox fan, it is a moment that you will never get over. If you are a Met fan, it is a moment that will bring you glee to your final day. But I, as a fan of broadcasting, would tell you that to hear Vin Scully call it brings tears to my eyes. Because this isn't someone who had a chance to see what happened, sit down, write out the words, and then record it afterwards. This is how Vin Scully called that play live. So the winning run is at second base with two out, three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner, here comes Knight and the Mets win it! gives you chills what the way his voice changes when he's saying the words behind the bag you hear the crowd and then you hear him match it exactly like it's perfect it's literally perfect to do that in the moment that way no script no nothing just watching the way the word night comes out of his mouth so he doesn't have to think for one second about the name of the player who's scoring from third all the names are perfect buckner this is a, a defensive replacement at first base in that moment it's wilson who hits the the ball it's Knight who's scoring from third to have all those names in your head and and spill off your tongue as as 
gracefully as they do. It's it's just perfect. So the winning run is at second base with two out, three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. You can't do it better than that. And, and I think, Bubba, I don't know if this exists, that we have it or not. There was a longer version of that I've heard because the way he's setting it up, he's he, something about, about a delirious game. At, he uses the word delirious at Shea. Um, and I don't, I, I've heard that before also. I don't know if we have that or not. It doesn't matter if we do or we don't. The point is that call is so iconic and outstanding and perfect that to this day when I hear it, we're 37 years to the day from it happening. To this day, I get chills. It is the perfect call. Yeah. Like if you had to pick or choose one call that perhaps best illustrates or demonstrates like the best way to do that job, it's that one. Because his word choice is perfect and his inflection is perfect. And when you, and you don't even have the, the, the ability to do this now because we're listening on the radio, listening on the podcast. But when you watch it happen and you hear, and you hear his voice sort of just lag slightly behind the action on the field. You're experiencing that emotion as you're watching it. It is an absolutely beautiful call. I have a slightly longer version of it. Can you believe this ball game at Shea? Oh, brother. 5-5 in a delirious 10th inning. The winning run is at second base with two out, three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. You see what I mean, though? The setup is even better. Like, could you say it better than that? No. He said all mm. that in the moment. That's just what he said. Like, that, just stop and think about that. Is it just me who feels this way? I mean, I'm a professional sports broadcaster. I've spent my whole career trying to emulate these greats, these giants, whose jocks I do not deserve to sniff. And, and there's no greater... Like, to be able to just say that is impossible for me to fathom for that just to come out of your mouth spontaneously something that that in those five seconds sums up the moment so well now you don't know that what's about to happen is going to be saved for posterity until the end of time but that almost makes it all the better because you never know when that's going to happen you never know when a moment is going to live forever and he rose to it so miraculously it is it is the best 23 seconds of broadcasting i've ever heard yeah so i love the Behind the bag with the crescendo. You can hear the yeah. crescendo of the yeah. crowd. Yeah. And the other thing that's, that's genius here, it doesn't get by Buckner. It gets through mm-hmm. Buckner. Mm-hmm. And he, ha- he has like the ability in the moment to distill it all. And, and it's, the, it's the right verb. It's the perfect verb to yeah. use. It, it doesn't he, get by him. It gets the, through him. Yeah. It's the best moment. It's the biggest moment. And he met it. It's so hard to do. Yeah. Also, if you're listening on the radio, he actually tells you where it happened. Behind the bag is significant. Um, that's the best part about that call yeah. for me. Behind the bag. Just when that moment goes. Now, they put a couple of other calls up on the screen. Um, you know, I know that this isn't, it's a very different one, but it is still one of my favorites. Send it in, Jerome! <laughs> <laughs> send it in, Jerome is good. Isn't there a longer trail on that? After send it in, Jerome, doesn't he go, Ooh, isn't there some like strange noise that is I made? I think the, the noise comes before he says and Maybe it. before that. Yeah, that's all we have. Also, my, a trivia yeah. question. You know who threw the pass to... Uh, Jerome? Were they on the 85 Bears? Are you really? A, yeah, exactly. Are you in a position to be asking trivia questions? Yeah, I, I, I basically got the question right. So, um, 
<laughs> and let's, lest anyone forgot, Greeny's answer was borderline almost as bad as my first one. No, it wasn't. We're not you giving the team with the best we're not giving him nearly as much. Time. You picked literally the worst team. <laughs> and you team. picked a very good team. You, you know, you picked a great team, no, too. Don't, don't deflect. Let's hear some more calls. Anyways, who threw the ball to Jerome? So that was Pitt, right? He was playing on Pittsburgh. Yes. And that was a really good team. They had two bigs. That was the team Jerome Lane dunked that. They also had Charles Smith on that team, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. But I'm assuming the pass was thrown by a guard. Who would the guard have been? Who was it? I don't know. Sean Miller. Who became the coach of Arizona later? Correct. Is that a disappointing answer to anybody What a payoff. <laughs> it was Sean Miller? It's pretty good. You got to be bleeping me. <laughs> this is why How did I not know this? Bubba's having a That's tough a day. That's a good one. It's, Poor Bubba. It's pretty embarrassing you don't know that. Just because <laughs> you don't know one. that, don't try and take it out on me because you don't know the truth. That's a good one. All right, here's a few Yeah, other. it is a good one. The legend, my favorite sports broadcaster ever. That's, that's, of course, my idol, Howard Cosell. Here's another good one. This is going to be a home run. Unbelievable. A home run for Gibson. And the Dodgers have won the game 5-4. to four. I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. There's something about Jack doing that twice. Like, not just saying it once, but saying it again. I love, because he changes his inflection. He, he changes... He goes for the, the second sentence. He, he emphasizes believe. Yeah. And it makes it so much more powerful. Yeah. It's great. It's a great I mean, call. Like this, there's a reason why these people are who they are. I mean, there's a reason why a hundred years from now, they'll still talk about Jack Buck and Vince Scully and Howard Cosell and, and all these guys. So that's the anniversary. And you could not have summed it up any better. Okay. In closing, in summing up for today, Hambo, what, what penance do you feel you should pay for the demise of the Phillies? Uh, I, I think Cam and I need to need to chat amongst ourselves and decide what we can do to right this wrong, whether it be something that we bury, something that we eat, something that we don't eat. What do you mean bury? I mean, like, you know, you bury the ball after a big loss, and he and I might have to figure out a way to just to sort of expel this. You're going to apologize to Reggie Jackson I can't believe you used the word penance when we just lost the pennant. Mm. I can't believe that you picked the 85 Bears. <laughs> <laughs> See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.